Check one two. Hey, what you say? What you say? Check one two. Okay, me matey. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Bobcast. With these always is Bob, live in the natural lounge, staring at the equator. I'm back in the woods, dude. And you know it's crazy because today's what February the fifteenth. It's seventy degrees out. I'm wearing shorts. Everything's dead around me, but I'm alive within. You know what I mean? I used to say that I would have to like take the podcast back to the studio because I couldn't do this no more because it's cold. Guess what, man? It ain't cold, so guess what? Bring on global warming. If this is global warming, I'll be the first podcaster to say, fuck yeah, dude. This is great, you know? Keep throwing your plastic, you know, in the trash. Don't recycle it. Keep, uh, you know, doing whatever you can to really screw up the environment because if we're going to get weather like this, might as well. Isn't that the American way? The American way would be to say something like that, right? Which is crazy, you know what I mean? Hey, Don. So, like, basically what happened right there was they said, how you doing? And then they stopped, and they both, like, thought that they were... I, I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes you say hello to people in the woods, and it's, it's weird immediately. It's weird immediately for me because I, I don't want to come off like a weird dude, you know what I mean? Like, out here in the woods talking to himself, you know what I mean? But it's just the nature, you know? It's the nature. I was talking to somebody about this today, and I had no clue that I was going to talk about this now, but that's the nature of this podcast, okay? You don't know what's going to happen next with the podcast, okay? I told this woman who shared some stories with me about some, some trauma that she had encountered, right? And then, you know, I shared some of mine. But I also said to her, like, you know, one of the reasons these type of things continue is because of the male toxic pattern of behavior that I guess has gone on since, you know, the beginning of time, right? Maybe Adam was a straight dick to Eve, you know what I mean? But, like, uh, you know, like, everything. Like, that we do, like, I see, it's like, we're in 2023, and, like, you know, everyone's trying to be progressive and change things, but yet I still see the pattern of male, like, toxic behavior, you know what I mean? And, like, what is male toxic behavior? If you don't know, Google it, dude, because I ain't going to go through the summary of it, but it's everything that I resent. It's everything that Kurt resented when he starts seeing Jock show up to his uh, his concerts. The word Jock. I never heard that term until Kurt used it the first time. I don't think we called people who did sports around here Jocks. I don't know. It's just a weird word because it's so, I guess, close to the other word that starts with the C, you know. But it is what it is, and that's how it's going to go. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, dude, just people who just present themselves with ego up front, like agenda. I'm so tired of it at this age now. I'm almost, I'm 43, 45, I'm guaranteed is the midpoint. It's the midpoint in every film. It's the midpoint in my life. I'm choosing my own destiny. Deal with it. It's destiny, Bob, sorry. So, I just, I don't want to deal with the behavior. Like, certain conversations now, I realize I just, I back out. And, you know, I've learned through therapy, too. And I've actually learned just from like taking a step back and looking at what I'm doing right now. Dude, I'm a loner, okay? I'm a loner because of a couple things. And I'll share them with you, the listener, because, you know, this is therapy for me too. 
I didn't have great um, time growing up. My experience growing up wasn't like fun. I have issues from it. And one of the things that I always laughed is we didn't have a big family. It was just my brother and I, and then we'll just leave it at that for now. And we didn't have big Christmases. We didn't have big Thanksgivings, you know, it was just the kind of like a nomadic presence, you know, like I've just always kind of done things on my own, you know, and um, the thing that sucked is I, 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 when I was growing up and even into my young adulthood life, I would allow people in. You know, I would allow, we have cousins, I have family, you know, in different places, this, that, or whatever. And time to time, you know, we weren't like, you know, at the Christmas tree every year with each other. It's just not that type of family, you know what I mean? It was like, I'll see you at the next picnic type thing. But there was many times when I would open myself up to the, to them and then they would do something to just, look, I'll be straight up honest with you, straight hurt my feelings, dude, to the point where I was just like, this is some bullshit, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like... And technically, looking at it from, you know, all sorts of perspectives, 360 degrees of it, yeah, you know, life happens to some people, but, like, when you have trauma or you're somebody who's been, like, affected by some shit, like, it don't go away, and you, you don't really want to open up the doors anymore. And then, like, I started thinking about, like, the other type family units I have, Downtown Harvest. Talk about dysfunctionality, for Christ's sake, okay? That's like being in a family. That's like being in a, you know, like a real close-knit community. And, like, you know a lot about each other. You're make making something that is pulled from the stratosphere of the universe. Music, you know what I mean? Like, songs that didn't exist a day before that are now sung and, like, memorized by people in the band and also fans of the band. You know? Like, it's weird, right? But then my band broke up. We, we all hated each other. Straight up. I mean, I think at one point during the, you know, the MySpace era of things in the bio it said um four friends and four enemies you know because it was the truth man we hated one another in all sorts of different ways and if that didn't help me you know what i mean was my dysfunction and then once the band disbands and i'm just so disgusted with units in general i go off on my own and i start the bobcast hence this episode with me and you the listener right and that's a pretty cool thing where it's like you know what I mean? Like, it's intimacy. Hey, Doman. He didn't look too good. I should have stopped talking to him, but I'm here with you guys. Sometimes I do that. Not too long ago, after I wrapped a podcast, there was somebody staring at this... There's, like, this waterfall next to the covered bridge. It's a pretty, you know, heavy velocity type situation. And she, she just looked like she was troubled, and she was kind of troubled. And, you know, I chatted with her just briefly. I don't even I remember if I told her my name. But sometimes it's good to help a stranger out, you know? And that's, that kind of like ties into what I'm saying, too. I don't allow that person to get close to me. They don't hurt me. I help them, right? Now, this is a type of thinking that not many people can get to because they're so closed-minded. But I have figured this out about myself. And, yeah, I want to change it. The last week's episode, I'm talking about, like, I want to get back in a band. I want to do this. I want to do that, you know? And I want to stick to that word. And I also think, you know, keeping up with the... I think it's almost like a month and a week or two of no Lexapro. And apparently the internet has many different versions of the withdrawal symptoms and how long they last. Apparently I'm in the thick of it. Feels like I'm in the thick of it. (laughs) I'm happy here, man. I'm happy here now right with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy doing this in the woods. Yeah, man, I'm happy with my family too, but it's hard to like... It's hard to be like 100% present... I feel like I'm 100% present when I come here to the woods. And the more and more I come here, dude, the more and more 
it feels like a, like a part of my anatomy. Yeah, it's the same trail. I'll, va- I'll do variant things towards the end of like you know once I get over Bell's Mills, but like this thing just works for me here. You know, it's like a mental health gym. Keeps me fit, but also keeps my my mind like sharp around the edges and like. You know, I was trying to think to myself the other day, like, dude, why, why did I stop taking? Oh, here comes the military chopper. Oh wow, dude, this is like right there. Can you all hear that? You coming to get me? I'm right here. What? They they don't see me. That's it. It looks like I'll be here befriending a bald named Wilson for the next couple of years. What? <laughs> yeah. Some kid asked me uh, the other day in school, yeah, Mr. Cahill, what's your favorite film? And I just said Castaway just to see what they would say. And universally, uh, the youth knew that film and they, they all agreed. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, Mr. Cahill. It's, that's good. It's weird because sometimes with today's youth, you feel like you're like constantly on the uh, chopping block just because of the, you know, the reality of social media and how like quickly we can dismiss something or even like the dating apps. Apparently you swipe through and you just you're like, that's it. This guy's ugly. She's ugly done and I guess I don't know if you get word of it but that must suck I would never want to know that like how many times you've been said you're not good enough here's the thing with the Bobcast everybody's good enough okay everybody can believe in whatever they want they want to believe in black Jesus white Jesus yellow Jesus green Jesus red Jesus Santa Claus don't care dude you're here with me the B.O.B. I'm not trying to get egotistical I'm just trying to simply say that it would be nice if we could all like get together like that and not chop each other down. And that's kind of, I guess, what I, this whole nomadic podcast is kind of coming to a realization is that I need people again. And, you know, does that mean I want to start doing guests? Maybe, you know, but I, you know what? Let me um, let me just uh, bring this up with you all real quick. Um, uh Oh, I got a text from my wife that my dog's been chewing the windowsill. All right. It happens. We'll deal with that later. But what was I about to say? Yes. Yes, I was. Focused I am out here in the woods. You know, I do this show and, you know, I see numbers, dude. I see, yeah. Sometimes I'll look, right? Sometimes I'll I'll look and see how many people are listening across the platforms. And it amazes me sometimes because I don't do them weekly or bi-weekly like, you know, the heyday of the Bobcast. Like, sometimes they're at random. But, dude, like... I can say his name because he's been on the show twice, I believe, or maybe three times. I can't recall. But I got a great, 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 you know, message on Instagram from uh, a guest of the show, Michael Stingle. Okay. And the thing about it is it's just nice, dude. Like when someone like, you know, recognizes the work that you've done, you know, and like, I don't know, it, it's hard. It's hard to like, um, to gauge, like, if I'm doing a good job with this, you know what I mean, like, and Stingle, like, who's, like, excuse me, Joey Stingle, his his brother, his brother's Michael, uh, who's been on the show, too, as well, see, dad brain, Joe, sorry, you're, you're all just Stingle to me, too, because you guys sting when you, like, come to my emotions, the way you make me feel, and, like, dude, like, Joe was very kind to say that the late, lately, the episodes have been straight fire, and, you know, he really appreciates them, and I appreciate you, you know, um, I appreciate getting word that this is resonating with someone, you know, or people, whatever, you know, like that means a a world of difference to me. Um, So, Joe, thank you. You know, I just saw your mom uh, today, actually, before 
I start recording this at work and she's such a lovely person which explains why in turn you turned out to be such a lovely person and your brother who's a equally talented artist and musician but um Stingle was a student of mine and god I'm so old dude <laughs> yeah like he's got a better mustache than me dude I don't even have a real mustache at age 43 I'm like a 14 year old like you know wannabe Johnny Depp puberty beard you know Stingle's got a great mustache. Matter of fact, Joe, when I was on my way once to Valley Green to record one of these, you were walking past uh, Lafayette Hill Shopping Center, and I was blowing the horn, but you were deep in thought, deep in, deep in transmission. So, Stingle, dude, I appreciate you, man. You know, thank you very much, and thanks to anyone else who really listens to this, and, you know, it, it will help me along with my journey, too, if you, if you drop, you know, a, a message. Let me know what parts work for you. So then that way we have, like, a little bit of... Or excuse me, I have like a way of like um, like reaching out again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think post-pandemic, I really got used to the fact that I'm a loner now, dude. Like, when I would have the night off, or my wife would say, yeah, you should go out and do something. You know what I mean? Eight times out of ten, predominantly, I'd be doing something about myself. And you know what? I used to feel guilty over it. But I'm no longer going to feel guilty over it. I'm just going to try to do a better job of allowing more people into my life. You know what I mean? But this, what we're doing right here, I have a hiking buddy. His name's Matt, and he's been wanting to come out here with me. And, I don't, you know, sometimes I enjoy company, but sometimes I don't. And sometimes I really like doing the show like this. And it's weird how the show, like, I mean, like, when Joe said, when Stinkle sent the message, you know, it, like, made me feel like I am doing something that's good, that, you know is the type of work I think that we all strive to do, right? I mean, like, we're not all, like, all about, like, you know, going to work and hating everything we do, right? Like, are you? And then we sometimes try to think that this is the prison that we've, you know, found ourselves in. This is the reality that we've come to, and there's no escaping it. I've been having some issues with a uh, co-worker, right? And I, I really care about this coworker, which is the hard thing, right? So the hard thing is... Is when you, when you care too much. Matter of fact, I said to somebody the other day in the corporate setting, you know, I know I'm not supposed to care, but that's just who I am. And you know what, dude? I'm going to stick with that shit to the day I die and then uh, the day that I become a ghost and haunt you all that I care so much that I want to know how you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I care about people, man. You know what I mean? Just because I, you know, I, I have a hard time, I guess, like um, allowing others in because I'm scared to be hurt. But at the same time, I crave it. I, I, I enjoyed, but like, I also realized too that some of the transactions that I had, let me just dive deep here into this real quick, okay, so I thought this last night right before sleep because I tended to think about like, what can I improve tomorrow, you know, because tomorrow's a new day, you know, and I think I mentioned last week that I was, I actually apologized to musicians last week that I interviewed on the show because, you know, I... I would, you know, kind of like make them try to to believe what I was thinking at that time. And what I was thinking at that time was I'm a loser. I didn't make it in the music industry. And you should be a loser with me. And you know what, dude? I'm a dick for that. I know I'm a dick for that. And I apologize again. I apologize weekly. And a lot of that shit was just me really self-deprecating and like lots of, lots of like self-hatred, you know. And... Um, I'm trying not to do that shit, you know what I mean? If you're an artist, dude, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, 
this is probably making some bumps go goosey up on your legs or arms, you know what I mean? Because it's like, when you have this drive, this passion to examine your imagination daily, and you've been told, not just from your, your peers, but adults, or maybe even your parents that, no, you're not that, you're something else. I don't like being told what I am or what I do or what, you know, like, I don't, I have a hard time with that shit, man. You know, um, some, I don't have to necessarily wear a tie every day at work. I could wear, like, you know, the traditional khakis and polo t-shirt and look like a straight crumb bum, but I ain't gonna do that, dude, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I said, somebody asked me, oh, you're all, what are you all dressed up for? And I was like, I like it. And you know what, dude? It felt so great to not make some excuse like oh we got a board tonight we got a meeting or whatever you know what I mean like there was no excuse it was me being honest and it may sound trivial to some but sometimes like little comments like that can hurt people who are in therapy or in like recovery for something you know like these are triggers right so a trigger is not like the trigger that's on a gun these are things that are responses actual physical trauma that can occur from these triggers. One time I overheard something that brought about um, trauma for me and I needed to shut the door so I didn't hear it. And when I jumped up, dude, I like injured my leg against the bed and got a real bad black and blue mark. You know what I mean? Like these things are real. And like for decades, for centuries, you know what, dude? I shouldn't say centuries because I kind of believe that like our ancestors back in the day, they were aware of this shit, dude, because they spent so much intimate time with one another camping out in the woods doing you know like stuff like this but as a community you know what I mean you get to know people when you see the dirt underneath their fingernails this type of environment I don't really know is as conducive that we live in now to really understand somebody I mean I work with people but do I really understand them no no dude you know and I I kind of long for that existence I I, I miss it it's going to get loud and I'm not going to cut you off today because I'm feeling chatty mcchatty and we're going to cross over to Wissahickon Creek together and watch people awkwardly yield to the man in black. I'm wearing shorts too, but did I mention that? Wearing shorts in February. Dude, always struggled with the word February, how to spell it. I can spell it now at age 43, but I really, really thought to myself, you know, let's get it going. I just saw a school bus of children today all were on their phones. Hi. It's sad. How many people are on their uh, cell phones right now in traffic? She's not, which is cool. You are, staring at the phone. Oh, the whole family's staring at the phone. And she could be, maybe. Nope. Uh, He's biting his nails. Motorcycle. No, actually, you know what? No one's on their cell phone. Ah, I spoke too too quickly. Actually, this person's like on it, like phone on the ear, you know what I mean? You think we get rid of the phones by now? I almost got hit by a car live on the podcast, which would have been great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, what was I just saying? I had some great points, but Bell's Mill sometimes with a lot of traffic. And get, you can get all worked up, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, back to, I was talking about, like, the show, dude, you know, like, I was a straight dick, you know, and it's good for me, actually, to have a copy of me being a straight dick, because I can go back to it and realize... Why was I doing that? It was because I was so hurt, man. You know, I was hurt. Not like I fell and got a boo-boo hurt, like or the physical trauma, like emotionally hurt, dude. You know, sad, depressed, existence, 
when you think that something is leading towards something and it don't, you know, like the law of uh, attraction, you know, like I was, I was trying, man, you know, I was trying, I, I really, I, I wanted to be a musician, man, I really did, and when the shit didn't work out, I used to make excuses, I used to say this, that, he did this, he did that, or whatever, you know what I mean, this so-and-so quit, but really at the core of it, we all failed, you know what I mean, and like, I am cool with it now, you know, like, uh, the pandemic definitely helped things out with me and getting into therapy, and look, even though I'm off the Lexapro, Christ, did it help, and do I, am I going to give up on, uh, psych meds? No, I may go back one day if I need it, but uh, I need to talk to the doctor first, to be quite honest, because, to be honest, I was thinking about going back on Lexapro just because it is something different than this, you know, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain unless you're on a psych med. They're kind of like real like nice quilted blankets that always smell good that you don't have to wash because you sweat through the night. You know what I mean? Like, they're nice pieces. Hold up. How you doing? Hey. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. So, um, yeah, where were we at here with things, with your thoughts? We're, I wish you could talk to me right now and tell me how you're feeling, you know, like... Because I know this shit's hard, man. You know, like... My podcast, when I first started off, wasn't about stuff like this. I actually listened back to when I interviewed Schoolie D on the podcast. Funny thing is, I can't understand a goddamn word he's saying. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, I think it's episode 63, maybe, or 68. It's way back in the day, like 2013. And, um... Schooly D is an infamous rapper from Philadelphia who is considered one of the, you know, original pioneers of hip-hop in the early, you know, uh, 1980s. And that podcast and that show is me still trying to um, latch on to the underbelly of success that had floated by me with Downtown Harvest, right? So, like, Downtown Harvest ends, and, you know, I'm opening up for big bands. I met the dude, I met Perry Farrell from Pointer for Pyros. I opened for him, you know what I mean? And now I got to go and put on a tie and act like a dick in front of all these other, <laughs> it's a different story. It's a different, it's a different story. But I'm just trying to make the point, it's like, I thought I knew where I was going. And maybe you should never know where you're going. Because if you do know where you're going, the disappointment factor sucks. It reminds me of Santa Claus and finding out he ain't real over and over and over again being told that your imagination it's just not that important and dude I'm here to tell you this okay if you're somebody like myself who thrives in imagination who thrives in creativity and only knows how to do that I mean I don't know how to fix shit I can't um, I can't put anything together from Ikea my wife's got to do it okay I'm going to admit it and I struggled with that growing up as well and I no longer have that type of um, self-hatred. I lived in a neighborhood with, um, we talked about male toxicity. I lived in a neighborhood for almost a decade with several male toxic individuals who were both drug addicts, alcoholics, and some just used foul language nonstop. But, you know, these men, I could tell, would balk at me. And I'm using the word balk because I love it. They balk because I didn't know how to do shit, you know? I, hole in the roof, I don't know how to fix that shit. But I can tell you what I do know how to do. I can start a podcast from scratch and keep it going for almost a decade. 
I could start a band that still makes people cry when they hear their favorite song. I can write screenplays, which I've written several, and television shows, and continue to do such. And I also can hear two conversations at the same time. What's up with that? I used to hate that, but you know what, dude? I've gotten better at it. Listening to television and hearing like somebody else talk or listening to two conversations. This happens a lot because students, or as I call them, screenagers, they love to share stuff with me. And you know what, dude? I love that too. It makes me feel very special that they're inclined enough to share parts of what their imagination likes with me. But I call them screeners. They come in the, they, Mr. Cahill, let me show you this. Let me show you real quick, Mr. Cahill. Some of them, I feel like saying, hey, can you do me a favor? Could you just wash the goddamn screen? Like how many, like, I can't see shit. You got dust, you got boogers, you know what I mean? Clean that shit up. And one of the things that I encourage um, the youth now is if you want something, you got to align with that in a positive nature. Nobody told me that when I was growing up, man. Nobody ever said shit like that. Like, you know, that... Um, if you're a good person, good things happen to not only you, but those around you. And some bullshit version of that could be fed to you through a bumper sticker or somebody's backdoor idea of what peace and harmony is making fun of you because you seek nirvana I'm here to tell you dude life can be great if we arise above whatever the shit is this like you know what I was saying in the beginning where you get in that conversation and you're like what the fuck am I what, what, what am I doing right now you know like what are we doing in conversations that we don't belong in? You know what I mean? Like, or do you ever feel like saying to the person who's just not vibing with you, yeah, what, what's going on with you, man? Are you okay? Well, obviously I'm not okay, right? So I tried to find some answers last week. I've told you all about my struggles with the man upstairs and the spiritual hierarchy of things to come. And, you know, man, like, I just feel like how do I say this? It's like, all right, I went to church, okay? The preacher's good. All right, her name's Tasha Hoover. She's the lead pastor at Storehouse Church in Germantown Pike. And sometimes I feel like she knows exactly what the hell I'm going through. I, I don't know, there's a name for that too. It's, it's an only, it doesn't only happen just in, you know, like religious settings as well. But, you know, she also mentioned several things about being like, um, Talking about her man Jesus and like, you know, he, she said that basically Jesus asked several questions in the Bible, right? And, dude, it, there is something to be said about somebody who asks you a question. And I want you to think about this because it pertains to this show as well. It pertains to you as well. When's the last time somebody just sat you down and really, you know, tried to figure out who you are or, or what, what makes you motivated? Like, you know, like. What's your favorite thing to do, like, when you get to Valley Green, you know, or really, that's an interesting choice, like, I imagine you had some thought put into that, can you share your knowledge with me, like, these are the things that we don't really get asked, I mean, look, several times on the podcast, a couple guests have been so good that they flipped the script on me, and I felt like I was the guest, and that feels great, dude, I always say and share, I love when people ask me questions, because it shows that you care, you know what I mean? Like, so I ask students questions all the time. And I asked students the other day, 
that are into uh, making beats and I'm helping them, you know, bring along. They're using Fruity Loops too for people who are like my age. Dude, Fruity Loops looks pretty sick. I might have to get it, but I ask them questions, you know, I ask them, say, hey, so like, can you guys tell me who, like, you know, in today's world, who is your voice? Like your generation's voice, like what, excuse me, what's the musician who makes you feel something more than just the beat? And one student said Chief Keefe. So I looked him up and I listened to some of it and, you know, I, I get it. You know, I, I understand what he's feeling and I understand that music. And it just, it hit me all at once because it's like, dude, music is the universal language throughout the whole goddamn planet, probably the universe too. But it's something that oftentimes can also divide us, which is, I guess if you believe in JC, then you might believe in the devil. <laughs> I guess the devil or the, what I like to refer to the devil is the, the prince of negativity. The fucking dude who ruins everything, like tells you the ending of The Last of Us before you get there. And I just kicked a rock down the hill, dude, and it was magnificent. I don't know. I'm just trying to say that it's like, we really should just be kind to each other, man. It's in, the, in the scheme of things, like I hear the message universal throughout. I hear it at Storehouse. I hear it here. I, I read it in comic books. It's all the, old, the story in the book, True Detective. It's good versus evil, right? And I feel like I'm in a constant battle of good and evil within myself, you know? Like, I'm sure many of you are. And I'm sure many of you can identify with the fact that sometimes it feels good to be bad. And that comes from unresolved trauma, you know? Like... I can get so goddamn negative, man. So I'm sitting in church, storehouse, and I'm trying to vibe with the message, and I just she gets me gets me emotional, you know. And like, they do this thing at the end of church where like, they want to greet you, they want to give you a hot dog for the tailgate party, they want to know you, and they're not really soliciting you. They generally want to know you. I think, you know, I'm still new to this. But dude, I couldn't handle it, you know? Like, we, we walked towards the back where they watch our children and provide like a youth group. And I said to my wife, I'll have to meet you guys in the car. And she's like, you all right? And I was like, I will be. And I went to the car and I sat there and I, I realized all the things I just told you about me being a loner, me not allowing people in. Eh, you know, like the whole, Jesus thing, like, I respect it. I'm not going to shit on it no more. I'm not signing up because I'm believing in everything until the day I die and then the truth's revealed. But I was also reading about Buddha and the Tibetan Book of the Dead and all this other stuff that I find fascinating that I refuse to believe isn't part of the story. But I'm learning to identify that the story isn't just one chapter. There's many. And people at Storehouse like Tasha... They're telling their bit of a story. And the bit that matters most to them. And I used to like look at that kind of shit with like animosity, anger, because of my family forcing religion on me as a kid and making it more into an obligation rather than 
whatever this is, right? That's why I'm here in Valley Green, you know? Like, I'm here because I care a lot about you. I care a lot about the universe. And, like, in general, I just feel like we need support, man, you know? Like, Stingle sent me that message, and it really... I usually don't record two in a row, you know? Like, but I just felt like I should, you know? Because I'm realizing more and more things about myself at age 43 because I'm allowing myself to be open to it. And that comes from therapy, man. You know, therapy and journaling, okay? I'm journaling like a madman. And I'm very proud of myself because I'm putting the date and year down. I didn't do that when I was younger because I guess I had this preconceived notion that, you know, we wouldn't be here, which is asinine because now... I'm so old, I can't even remember. Maybe somebody, if you remember, when did Downtown Harvest play the rooftop the first? The, the last time we played on the roof, I believe was our last show. I can't remember, dude. There I go again with Downtown Harvest, you know? Like, God damn, dude. Just want to get the band back together, to be honest with you, and do it in a more formidable way that is more conducive towards the universe and not my ego or our egos. I'm convinced of it, man. You know, like, I was so fucking... Just consumed with the industry and the, the, the passion of making it. And the animosity that came towards others, even local bands, who would seemingly get some sort of praise. And then, you know, there was, this, there was a couple bands. Like, I remember Pawn Shop Roses, who, whom I'm friends with most of them now. And, um, God, we despised them because we were in constant competition, you know what I mean? And, like, it was just uh, a hard thing. Hold up one second. Here's some people. And it's conversational. That, you know, that particular thing is conversational. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. They're going to check out with you before they leave, right? What's up, man? How you doing? Nice. You guys said hello. They didn't. I'm doing a little survey. So, basically, sometimes you'll say hello to somebody and they'll just look at you like you're a total POS. And you know what? That's okay. I used to get mad. But you know what? That's a little bit of a social experiment, if you will. Gotta say hi to people, man. Like, what's up with that? You know, like, I, walking by somebody that's five feet from you, alone in the woods, and not trying to make any co connection. See, you know what? It's so fucking weird how this show just helps me. Just see what I just said? Like, I'm out here in the woods, trying to meet people, trying to connect, while talking about my inability to connect in the real world. So much so, too, that, like, I, okay, so, like, I had reconnected with, um, over the pandemic, I had found through some social, I, somehow or another, I found my high school, um, I guess my high school therapist, I don't even know what you would, not a guidance counselor, but I had found her, and I'm kind of regretful that, it, like, you know, I, I didn't ask her to go out for, like, a cup of coffee, instead, I asked her to come on the podcast, and, you know, I, dude, like, that's me controlling the conversation. That's me controlling the environment. And that's also me controlling, controlling me, like, so I didn't get hurt. You know what I mean? Like, if I was like, say, for instance, I'm interested in meeting somebody, which would happen a lot in, in the early days of the, the podcast. There was this band, Big Data. I had a song I really like called Dangerous. Still think it's kick banger, straight banger. And uh, I got him on the show. And uh, yeah, I was, I was real like, you know, nervous. But 
I much rather have done that over the podcast rather than meeting him in person because I have met others in person and I've seen, like I met, um, I'm not going to say the band name, but I met him upstairs at the TLA. I barged in there drunk with my wife, introduced ourselves, explained our, you know, small connection through Los Angeles and then, you know, I had a conversation with the lead singer, but then I looked at the bass player when I left and he just gave me like this fucking look like you piece of shit, you Philly drunk piece of shit on South Street coming in. And it hurt, you know what I mean? Because I idolized him. And I think I unfollowed him and, you know, all sorts of dumb stuff before I really start to think about the big picture. And the big picture, really, it all comes down to a couple steps. And I have no idea how many, but I'm telling you, it really can get close to perfection by striving for positivity. And then also, like, being kind to others, you know? And I guess I got to open myself up to it, you know? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Feels good today, huh? Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Enjoy yourself. It is great. It's great that it's February and I'm in shorts and I wish I wasn't wearing my jacket because I'm a little hot. I'm heading up to see the statue and I think this is the longest podcast um, ever with me out in the woods with y'all. Like, uh, I think this is a record of 37 minutes. So Let's keep it going until I get there. And who knows? Maybe we'll do it the whole time and this will just be a straight, straight epic showdown of natural roots. Roots. Here we go. Not struggling for topics here at age 43. Um, My therapist taught me about this technique. When you're somebody who suffers from post-traumatic stress or you're somebody who has issues where you don't know if it's 2023 or the year 1993... She she told me to imagine I have to sit down and I imagine my feet like like lead like balloons diving into the surface and becoming roots of the ground that then flow throughout the earth until I'm firmly planted where I feel like nothing can touch me and you take your right arm right hand and arm place it over your right shoulder do so with the left and right shoulder and start your breathing process and really firmly root yourself down into the ground and tried to start coming back from wherever you go when you have PTSD. I, I didn't realize until a couple of weeks ago that I had the inability to even create saliva in my mouth when I'm having a panic attack. Or, you know, having this PTSD, like, surge of, like, uncertainty, you know? I'm working on it, you know? I'm working on it. I'm not just staying idle and getting fat, you know what I mean? Like... I, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever told you all the two, but like, dude, I used to, ha- I still do. I'm not saying I used to, I'm being honest now, like body image shit. I talked about it before, but God damn, dude, it still like pops up every now and then. Like I was the fattest one in the band, you know, and everybody else was skinny and take their shirts off in the summertime. And I couldn't cause I didn't like the way I looked. And, uh, yeah, shit hurt. I remember one time we went like somewhere, like out in a boat and I, you know, when you don't take your shirt off. You know, and you're fat, like, your skin's so pale, you know what I mean? It makes it look worse, because you look like, you know, the table, they make donuts, the flour and everything, you know? And, uh, I won't say their names, but, like, two two guys, best friends of mine, so they just laid into me, made fun of me, because of, like, my appearance. And that shit hurts, dude, you know? And I'm here to tell you, the listener, if this is something that applies to you, I love you, Okay? I don't even know your name, but I'm saying it not in a romantic way. I'm saying I love you because I know what it feels like to be 
compared. I know what it feels like to be ridiculed. I know what it feels like to be made fun of. Add an O to your name for boob. Don't make you feel good, you know? It ain't a fucking joke, you know? Bullies, right? I'm kind of happy that maybe... I don't really see bullies anymore. Maybe they're cyber bullies and I can't see them. But like in my day in high school, you would see them coming. <laughs> you knew the type. And I hate when anybody gets their feelings hurt, you know what I mean? Because it's like, this guy had a bell. It's pretty sweet. Hey, All right, man. Have a good one, man. Dude, he was intense. He was living it, though. He came down the biggest incline, too. Awesome. But yeah, dude, that's me fun of. And like the thing that sucks is I can remember. I mean, I work in the place that I went to school. So sometimes I'm like standing in the place of post traumatic stress where somebody hurt me, you know, like <laughs> it happened just the other day. And I was just like, motherfucker, dude. You know, I'm up at the statue, guys. And it's so nice out right now. It's got to be 74 degrees. It's 3 46 p.m. The sun's right over me. And dude, like, it's like the weather knew I wanted to keep podcasting here with y'all. I hope, like, I, got, I try to keep my cardio up. So, I mean, I go up 25 flights here. Sometimes I'm uh, breathing deeply. But I'm really happy with myself that I'm able to, like, regulate my breath back to normal. Which is hard to do for some, you know? Mainly probably because I quit smoking cigarettes. I love cigarettes though, God. It's terrible, you know? I think about it too much. But I'm never gonna go back. Please, God, don't let me go back or whomever controls the universe. But yeah, I would much, much rather never have had that experience because it never really goes away. You're just stuck in that world of addiction. I don't. Two new people. Two new people who declined to say hello. So I'm walking down the statue. For those of you who have never been to the statue here, it's beautiful. During the weekends, this place gets packed. People bring their lunches. I suggest you walk the stairs and go leave the stairs because there's a very steep drop and you could get hurt. And, you know, I think that we're going to wrap things up because I'm not going to start giving out safety drills here on the show. I'm going to keep it real with you and keep it fresh. And uh, I'm dedicating this episode to Mr. Joseph Stingle. Thanks, man. I needed that extra boost. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of The Bobcast. <laughs>